Welcome to Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories, a podcast by City Mom Collective, where we talk to moms about their authentic stories. We share stories because we believe that stories heal. Stories empower. Stories connect us to one another and make us feel not so alone. In short, stories matter. Here's your host, Maria Hoy. Hello and welcome to this episode of Just Add Sprinkles the Stories. Today I will be speaking with Amy Peril about the sudden and tragic loss of her husband, Jay. Amy shares how her family has coped during this time and how life has forever changed. However, it is not without hope. With every episode, no matter how difficult the topic, it is our goal to ensure every mom knows they are not alone. Hello, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for having me. Um, I think big picture, if there is any way I can be an encouragement, that I can find some sort of purpose in the pain that I've, I've been through, I am, I am all about it. So I'm really happy to be here and share my story. So Amy, please tell me about Jay and the events leading up to May 7th, 2020. Um, yes. So I will take you back years ago <laughs> uh, when I first met my husband, Jay. Um, I was newly 21 years old and we ended up meeting at the Sunshine Factory, which is a bar in New Hope. <laughs> and he sent over drinks and I was with my girlfriend, Beth. And, you know, before you know it, the lights were turning on and Beth grabbed both of our arms and said, you two need to exchange phone numbers. And, <laughs> and he's, and he said, well, I would like that, but that's for Amy to decide. And, you know, it just, it, he was charming and polite and, you know, kind of the rest is history. Um, so we started dating and we're going to fast forward, oh gosh, about seven years. And he finally proposed and if seven years, yeah, we did. We were, (laughs) we were not in a rush, (laughs) but you'll have to look at marrymeamy.com. So during that time he had, when I met him, he had been a financial analyst for uh, Redline Healthcare, which was bought out by McKesson. And he quit his job and decided he was going to start a web design company and I, I thought he was a little bit crazy at the time, but, you know, we weren't married and I thought, well, you know, we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But one Valentine's, he said, you know, I want you to come look at this website we've been working on. And he pulled up marrymeamy.com. It's, it's dating myself, but he originally built it in Flash. <laughs> Oh, nice. And and so they've made a recording of it, but it was like a card that opened and you could click yes or no. And if you click yes, like fireworks would go off and just pictures of us. What would happen if you said no? (laughs) If you if you click no, it was like a crying emoji (laughs) with like baby wailing and tears. I mean, it was it was pretty cute and adorable. So that's how that's how it all began. But um we, oh goodness, we ended up having three children and at the time, so of his passing, so he passed away 
May 7th in 2020. So this may, it'll be three years. You know, I really do feel the big picture that, I mean, I really feel like God actually helped orchestrate some events and Mm -hmm. support in advance. Uh, My sister actually, her and her family have been living in North Dakota for over 20 years. And they had just started to feel kind of a pull to come back to Minnesota. And we kind of thought it was for our parents that were getting older. Um, My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, his mom had had a stroke and they lived down in Ohio. And he even said, I mean, this was probably January, 2020. He said, you know, I know we feel like we're coming back to Minnesota to to help with our aging parents. But for some reason, I feel like Amy's going to need our help. You know, and I thought, well, I've got, I'm going to have three teenagers before you know it. Mm -hmm. And of course you need all the help you can get. Right. And Jay was always busy working. So he actually turned in his resignation in January with the end of May as being his last day. And so they had no house lined up, no jobs, no nothing. And this is going into COVID. And they were even kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if we're doing the right thing, but they just felt they needed to be here. And so May 7th, um, that day was like any other morning. I got up, I had my cup of coffee. I love my mornings because it's before the craziness of the kids getting up. And um, I started working down in my home office. Now, this is when COVID um, shutdowns had all kind of happened. So everyone mm-hmm. was home. Kids were doing school from home. Um, Jay's web design company had grown um, into um, a, a digital agency that has like 30, 35 employees. And so he was still going into the office at the time. Um, he also was always foot on the gas and, and in 2019, sorry to kind of bounce back, but he had just, uh, moved the office space into kind of a, it was triple the size of our old office. He rebranded, he renamed the company to Peril Digital Agency. And, you know, I mean, he was it was just foot on the gas. He was, mm-hmm. he had big plans. The future, the future was bright. And then COVID hit. <laughs> of and course. So we, you know, at the time we had no idea, you know, it would only be months later that he would be gone. But so there's the whole, the whole business aspect of it too. Um, anyhow, so going back to, um, that day, um, I had my cup of coffee and was getting just working from home. And at six forty-five, I heard his alarm clock go off. And um, normally, he would—he's the kind that would hit snooze over and over <laughs> and over. And and that day, it—he just shut it off. And um, there was kind of this loud bang. Again, my husband was not a quiet person at all. And so I didn't, I did not think anything. I just kind of paused and I thought, I wonder what that was. And I kept working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was probably about 
30-ish that I went back up to her room and started getting ready for the day. And I, you know, when I saw him laying in bed, he had pulled the sheet up over his head. And I thought, wow, he must be really tired because he wasn't like tossing and turning or anything. And I showered, got ready, got the kids on their computers. They were checking in with school. And um, I was helping my youngest, who was uh, in fifth grade at the time. And, you know, it was like 1030. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I haven't heard a noise come from upstairs. Mm. Um, It's kind of late. You know, he's sleeping in, but I thought I'm going to go check on him. Mm -hmm. And that was like the minute I saw him from down the hall. You know, you just have this horrible sinking feeling Yeah, where I instantly knew something was wrong. Um, I could tell he hadn't changed positions, but I still... You know, I still um, approached his bed, just like I didn't want to wake him up and startle him if for some reason. But then, you know, obviously when I pulled back the sheet, I just started to scream. Um, My daughter, who was doing um, her, you know, schoolwork in the room right next to ours, she had her friend on the phone and it was like, instantly um sorry no it's okay (laughs) um but instantly you know the word was out and um so that that moment I would have to say like anyone who's been through any kind of trauma Mm -hmm. could really identify um the physical the physical like you know when you just start to tremble and shake and it's Mm -hmm. almost like a violent um it's just this flood of I would call it maybe adrenaline Mm -hmm. kind of like that fight or flight uh response um and it just bathes your your whole self I mean your whole body in this kind of like a brain fog so you know, immediately I ended up calling 911. Mm-hmm. But so I'm actually a nurse by trade. And I um I just immediately knew that there was no chance. Um and so I called 911 and then I ended up calling Jay's brother, his younger brother. And he was able to get a hold of the family. And before I knew it, you know, the family was there the priest from Holy Name was there. Um, I mean, people were starting to just show up. Um, the, the police came because anytime, and the, there was the medical examiner and mm-hmm. investigation. Anytime someone passes away at home unexpectedly, um, right. there's a lot that needs to be done. So, I mean, that, that day was just, I mean, it just feels so surreal um, thinking about it now. Um, but the support was incredible, the family support and um, people just showing up and bringing over bags of food, um, bottles of wine, you know, everything that it just it's it's amazing to see a community kind of 
jump into action when a mm-hmm. tragedy like that happens. Um, so that just, I mean, honestly, like your world is a hundred percent turned upside down mm-hmm. and you're still trying to kind of process everything that's going on. The family, um, his family came with me the next day to the funeral home. And it's one of those things. I still think that kind of adrenaline is going through your body for days, possibly mm-hmm. weeks after, because like, I couldn't sleep. I was up all night. Just, I don't know. I think I was sending emails. I was working. I was, you know, trying to feel some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every time you would watch a movie, it's like, you'd come back to reality and, and it would hit you again where you're like, you know, oh my gosh, it's real. Cause it still doesn't feel totally real. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I definitely would say <laughs> your, your brain has some kind of a self-protection, um, where it won't let you kind of like, you can't, you can't fully feel the entire grief at once. Like it almost Mm. fogs you over so that you just feel a little bit at a time. And then as time goes on and I think you're healing, you can still, you can then process a little bit more of the grief. So, Uh because I think if it all hit you at once, it would be, um, I don't know if you'd survive. I mean, it would be so great, but, um, so let's see, what else can I, what else can I share? And, you know, the whole, the whole thing with the kids. So all of us have processed the loss of him very differently. Mm -hmm. I would say I immediately was calling to get into therapy, you know, do a grief counseling. Um, and the kids did one session with me. They were all very, um, very kind of hesitant. And how old were your children um, during this time? So my oldest was 15. Uh, my son, my oldest son was 15. My daughter was 13. And my youngest was 10, my youngest son. Um, so at really different stages too. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest son actually, you know, he, I, he, as a 15 year old, he was just getting ready to get his license a few months down the road. Um, he's always just been very level, um, not highly emotional, just kind of the solid rock, you know, mm-hmm. and he has, he has really maintained that. I think, you know, now he's 18. We were just looking at colleges yesterday. And I mean, it's crazy to think that he will be leaving in the fall. And I just, I know the dynamic in our home is going to change a lot without him here, but, um, but he's just been a a super strong rock for all of us. Um, and then my daughter who, you know, in the last couple of years has gone from 13 to now she's 16. Um, she, at first, She's a very strong girl. She does not like to show much emotion. She she really struggled with letting out um, letting out her grief. And at night, she would you know she would wake up in the middle of the night like having these dreams about 
Jay and she would be just crying and sobbing, but like that grief was still finding a way to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, whether she would allow it during the day, um, or not, it was going to find a way to come out. Um, and I definitely, I definitely would encourage counseling for the kids. Like it just, any kind of connection with helping them, like you said, not feel alone in this Mm -hmm. journey is, is so valuable. Um, and then my youngest son, he actually, uh, he wouldn't even come into the bedroom when Jay passed. He also kind of stayed in the backyard when, when we were there and they, took his body and put it into the van and took him away. Like he, he couldn't see it. And for the longest time he would, um, he would just, I mean, give me such stink eye. If I would even say Jay or talk Mm -hmm. about him, he didn't, he did not want to even think about it. And finally, you know, just over the, over the last couple of years, like he he loves to hear stories about him now. He loves to um kind of like in at one point he said, you know, I I I didn't know dad for that long, but mm-hmm. I feel like I really knew him. Wow. So one thing that my that Jay had done was buy Colt, my youngest, a dirt bike. And back uh before he passed away. Colt was riding it around our backyard and, and Jay and him had built this little jump for him to go off of. Mm-hmm. First time he went off, he just crashed and he would not get back on that dirt bike. And it just, <laughs> it drove Jay absolutely crazy because he is <laughs> kind of the man's man, like, come on, you can do this. And he would not get back on, but he, after after he passed away that following summer, he actually got the jump out and then, and he made it over the jump and he didn't tell me he was doing it. And I knew he was out in the yard until he knew he could successfully do it. And then he came and he got me, he's like, mom, you got to come watch this. (laughs) And he was so proud. But since then, like, I feel like his dirt bike is Mm -hmm. a way that he kind of connects with Jay since that was such a dad thing to do. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And let's see, what else can I share? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure as you were grieving, you were probably thinking, and I'm wondering if you ever thought like, why, like, why did this happen? Because I think, I, I mean, I think that when, you know, I am going, getting to work late or, you know, whatever it may be, I'm like, oh, why did this happen to me? Why is there Mm -hmm. snow on the road today? Um, Mm -hmm. But did you, do you feel, did you ever feel that? Did you ever think that? And how did you reconcile that? Uh, yes, I definitely, I think it's completely normal to try to explain, you know, how this happened. Why could I have done anything to prevent it? Um, and I think, you know, there definitely comes a time where we have to just release it. And, and we couldn't, we're not the ones in control. We couldn't, mm-hmm. we couldn't have changed the outcome. But I think what truly is important 
is not so much the how or why, but that like, I'm here for my widow sister and Mm -hmm. I need to be there no matter what or how this came about, because there are oftentimes, um, just some, you know, stigmas that come with, let's say suicide or Mm -hmm. drug overdose or, you know, accidents, like maybe carelessness or, you know, whatever it may be, they can come with some emotions take attached to it. And Mm -hmm. and it truly doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm here to support her without any judgment, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's, the why and the how don't matter now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing you can do to go back. And so all you can do is, like you said, be for, be there for someone in the here and now because that's all you have. Yes. Yeah. And all the, the questions and the whys and the what ifs and the if I should have and I could have done it or did I see a sign or, you know, mm-hmm. none of that thinking and mulling all of that over and playing it over in your mind yeah. is isn't going to help. Right. It doesn't change anything. Right. I do think sometimes people really want to understand. Mm. They mm-hmm. want to know because especially like others, because they want a safety net around mm-hmm. their own situation. Like, well, you know, I don't know. My husband's really cautious. So he would never get into a car accident or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just certain safety nets that we want to build around our spaces in our families but um but yeah the it's just one of those things that you can't change anything the it is it what happened happened and we just need to be here in the moment for each other Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy we all want there to be a reason for every action right like yes because then it'll make sense in our brains we can like you said build a safety net around well okay my you know my wife doesn't drive. She takes the train. So I never have to worry about that. Or my son does this or my husband doesn't do that or whatever it may be so that we can like insulate ourselves from or, you know, protect ourselves in a way. But the truth is we can't, we can't really protect ourselves against anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so trying to figure out a why or a how or a what if, isn't helping anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, and like you said, I, I think that's really a difficult thing for everyone to come to a place of it. It is what it is. You have to just let it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, um, so I know you said you had a lot of support right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to perhaps make people feel like they are not doing enough. But do you feel like, you know, after everything kind of, as they say, the dust settled, do you feel like there were people, not necessarily super close people, that expected you to kind of be done grieving and like kind of like move on? Did you get a sense of that from people or do you feel like there was just like a constant, a consistency of support? for you and your family? That's a really good question. Um, I would say, you know, I think everything that people did and said, I took through the lens of 
I know they're trying to comfort me mm-hmm. and they're trying because they do want the best for me. And I think that really helped um, because there are things that that people say that you think, well, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that that was, you know, not super helpful is like people trying to find silver linings mm-hmm. about the situation. Well, at least at least he didn't suffer long or at least you have an angel in heaven or, you know, some of those things. And you're like, I don't want an angel in heaven. I right. want, I want my spouse back. Um, but any kind of, you know, trying to find those silver linings, it's just, there it's really helpful. are no words <laughs> that, that help at all. It's, it's just, I'm sorry. And, you know, I think that's it. Um, yeah. do you feel I, like, um, You know, I know your son, your youngest son, um, at first didn't want to hear stories. And and I think that, you know, when you are someone who's trying to comfort somebody who's going through loss, you know, you're almost afraid to bring their name up because you don't want Mm -hmm. to remind them of their loss. But, you know, my I have a my cousin passed away um, at a young age and he had two he had two um, kids who are 50. They were twins, 15 and. I remember his, my aunt would say, um, I, I always think of the loss. The loss is always there. So mm-hmm. I would appreciate hearing stories because those actually make me like happy. And yes. I'm just curious if that's something that resonates across the board or at least with you and in your experience. Yes, I, I would completely agree. I think it, it was interesting for me to see how differently people's comfort level was with talking about talking about his death and Mm -hmm. for me it's real it's it's a part of my life and so to not talk about it was almost awkward Mm -hmm. um if someone was just trying to kind of ignore that it happened because they're not sure they don't want to hurt my feelings or they don't you know what I mean I think yeah yeah I think that's super valid I think there's a lot of people who don't know you know like like um, like I said, I think people are like, oh, I don't want to remind them of of this tragedy. But yes, but you're like, I live it literally every day. There's nothing you can say that won't remind me of it. Right. Exactly. Yes. And I love hearing stories about him, even like if I haven't heard a story before. I I really enjoy it because. And, and my kids, I mean it's really fun now because they will just drop everything and they're like sponges. They would love to hear more stories about him growing up. Um, not just not Mm -hmm. too long ago, we went to my in-laws and they showed us old home videos of Jay when he was young. And it's just really a way of keeping him alive Mm -hmm. and keeping him with us and a part of our family. So to me, it's just so abnormal to not talk about him. And I just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, with the kids, I've, I've been like, okay, well, what would dad want for us? Dad would want mm-hmm. us to, to continue on in life. He'd want us to be successful. He'd want us to be happy. So, you know what, let's live life. Let's go make him proud. Let's do what we can to, you know, I mean, keep him. And, you know, even with the fam- with his family, is another issue like I've really kept the holiday schedule I've kept like Sunday nights in the summer we always go to his parents Mm. pool um I've kept doing those things with the kids so 
our life truly has, has kept a stability as if Jay were still here. Like Mm -hmm. we still maintain those relationships. And to me, that's been really important. Um, They've been such an amazing support, but I know that it's different in every situation. Um, But for me, that has been so valuable. Oh, yeah. What do you think? um, I know that obviously the what happened is the biggest surprise probably of your entire life. Um, But what has been the biggest surprise for you as you've navigated um, helping yourself and your kids through this time? Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest surprise has, I mean, first it's been grief. I mean, the grief, you know, I was, I was that mom that would bring a tray of lasagna over to um, someone else who lost their spouse mm-hmm. and, you know, and you, and your heart breaks for them. But like, it's one of those things where until you've really been through it, it's so hard to empathize with and, and you just don't get it. So I would say like the physical pain of grief, like, um, that was truly surprising. Like it is truly debilitating, Mm -hmm. um, at first. And then, you know, as it, as it becomes less and less, like you still get hit with these waves of grief, like out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. like one day, I mean, Jay and I always, we'd always eat at Subway for whatever reason. So like the first time I went back into a Subway, I mean, it just hit me and Mm -hmm. I'm ordering my sub sandwich in tears, but it just, so the, the grief alone, but, but the community grief, um, Mm. I would definitely say that truly surprised me because I, I did find some level of comfort knowing that I wasn't the only person suffering and Mm -hmm. grieving the loss of this person. Um, so like going back to even talking about it, you know, people bringing up his name and talking about him and, and sharing their grief or, you know, it kind of felt like they were helping me process my Mm -hmm. own grief too. Um, and the friendships that really come out, um, that have emerged with people that sometimes surprise you that step in because they truly want to support and, and these friendships that develop, um, are just so rich and deep. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're, when you become like vulnerable or um just open and real I think people then can turn in turn share things that that they've struggled with too or disappointments in their own life or that their own life took a turn that they didn't expect and you can just be so much more authentic with each other oh absolutely I mean your start I mean whether you had a friendship before or maybe a a friendship came along you're you're starting at a place that's so raw that Mm -hmm. there's no time for any sort of bs or any fakeness it's like this is real this is who i am this is what's happened i might start crying at subway and you're just gonna have to accept me for who i am and what i'm going through i 
I have a friend who's a grief therapist and she said that, you know, um, grief is like having like a giant bouncy ball in a, in a box. Mm-hmm. And at first the ball is the size of the box. And so it's always hitting all the sides. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, the ball gets smaller, but then every once in a while it'll hit, it'll hit a wall that you just like, you weren't expecting. And that's just kind of how you navigate grief. Like it may not feel the sting as, as much as you did at first, but it'll come and it'll come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. And, you know, luckily it does, the pain is less. I would say it's definitely less acute, but it, mm. it just becomes a part of who you are. Like, you know, you had mentioned it's always there. It's always mm-hmm. every single day you live with that grief, but it just becomes a part of your identity. But yeah. yet you can live with that grief, but still find joy. You know, you can still look at the future. You can still make plans. You can still, you know, do fun things and enjoy life and make the most of it. And I think that's that's incredibly important to, um, yeah, to just as you look into the future, it just, you, we, we have to hang on to those mm-hmm. things that are good and kind of the, the grad, be grateful, that attitude of gratitude of what we do have. And I think it really does help just give us hope that maybe somehow someday something good can come from the situation we've been through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you, um, feel like you have with your kids found a rhythm or a way to, like you said, enjoy life, live life to the fullest, do what your husband would have wanted, but yet still been able to keep his memory alive. Um, but in like a healthy, um, Mm -hmm. in a healthy way where you're not sitting in the grief of, Oh, I didn't cry today. So that means I don't care. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Have you, yes. do you feel like you and your kids have been able to, um, to do that? Um, yeah, I would say, yes, I think it's definitely been kind of a balancing mm-hmm. act to take care of let's say me and then try to take care of my kids and oftentimes as moms, the kids come first always, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like you you want to make sure they're okay. And I would say, luckily, you know, when you have the community around, I, I think everybody was watching my children. They would let me know, like, hey, if there's any red flags. Mm. Um, you know, I it was amazing to have that kind of support. Another reason to be involved in your community, right? Yeah. Um, the balance of taking care of me, you know, part of it is it, it really is hard because as a widow, you have your kids 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, a divorce, most divorce situations where they're split 50, 50 and you have some alone time. Um, but it's, it's 100% of the time. There is no time off. And, and so I, I have to admit, I probably, I've definitely been through seasons where I have you know, spent too much time with my friends, not enough time with my children or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Vice versa. And so I'm still trying to 
navigate that. And I think, thank, thank God my kids are a little bit older. You know, they're, they're capable of driving Two two can drive now. So it's like, they, they're okay to be home, but it, it really can be hard because there, yeah, you just need that healthy balance. Um, and there's really no roadmap or timeline. You know, we, I think a lot of people think like, oh, you know, the timeline for this and that needs to be over. And so, you you know, you can just, just yes. move on and whatever. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think there's a timeline or a roadmap. And every day is a new navigating. You're every single day. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up, mm-hmm. let the grief wash over me. And and then continue with my day like I have to acknowledge it and and move on because you do have kids and they have to. Yeah. You know, they have exciting things coming up. You know, yes. College. Well, and exactly. Driving and, and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I think. I mean, thank God for my children, because I could have spent days just in bed and not mm-hmm. getting out of my pajamas. But because of my kids, I. I did. I, you know, you, like you said, you just push through it. You're like, okay, one foot in front of the other. And that's what I need to focus on. Um, and then, and yeah, like letting your kids feel normal Mm -hmm. and, and having some sense of, uh, just like their normal, you know, whatever celebrations they have going on. And, um, I, I think it's really important to, to do that for your children and the best way to care for your children really is to, to care for yourself first Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're healthy and have the tools that you, you know, you need to um, care for them in turn. So it, yeah, it is a balancing act. Um, What do you think you're most, um, you know, if, if someone maybe knows someone whose spouse has passed away or maybe they are like currently in the weeds. What, what would you say to someone who is like, I want to help? Um, what was your like, Oh my gosh, this was the lifeline I needed. You know, is there something that really stands out to you that helped you put Mm -hmm. that foot in front of the other? I would definitely say the meal train. (laughs) It was it was incredible. And actually my kids still remember that as being, um, such a benefit to us because I was in no shape to cook. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I wasn't even really eating that much. Um, and yet then you have company like my mom and dad stayed with us for a couple of weeks. Um, and so there was, there was this need to feed the children, the company, you know, all of that. And I have to admit, I never, I never really appreciated a meal train until we needed it. Mm -hmm. And then I could not believe how incredible it was. And I mean, just, just to say like our community, so Jay passed away May 7th, our meal train, I finally had to shut off, like going into 2021. Oh wow! There were that many people that that were signed up, they were bringing food. And then another point in that is that you do, I I think sometimes it can be easy as a widow to just, to, 
to kind of close in. You want to be private. You want, you don't want to accept help because, you know, we're all very capable women. And, and yet I think for our community and our friends, they need to do something. And so Mm -hmm. the meal train is such a great way for others to share their own grief. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they feel like they're doing something. So it's really healing for them just as much as it is for us. Um, that support is incredible. So. Which um, is crazy because to me, you know, I think oh, all to me when I, um, you know, sign up for a meal train or whatever it may be, I, I always think, oh, that that's like the least I can do. Like, oh, it's all I did was send a meal. Um, but to hear that, you know, that was like so important, I think, I think it just reminds everyone that like the little things you do can really mean yeah. a lot, even Absolutely. if you don't think it's like much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing that I really did like that I thought was helpful was people just, you know, maybe just showing up and Mm. dropping something off at the door instead of calling and say, well, you know, next Thursday at 11 a.m. could I possibly swing by? Because I couldn't even look at my calendar Mm. without feeling nauseated. Like I just couldn't project into the future at all. Um, so people who just kind of took that initiative and this, this is just for me personally, I, I wouldn't say everyone's the same way, but I found it just like a breath of fresh air to not have to make any decisions, not have Mm -hmm. to, you know, it would take that off my plate. And then also instead of like, let me know, let me know what I can do to help. Like, that's mm. just that's not it's not very helpful <laughs> well because... I mean you're 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 thinking I mean on, on top of the fact that you um you know had a tragedy take place all the things that go along with you know I'm sure it's like his business life insurance um yes. all those like all the paper I mean uh, to, to to make it you know simple like all the paperwork all those things Yes. Trying to like tell someone, hey, can you, um, you know, pick my kid up at four? It's like, I can't even go yeah. there. Like, you just right. have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think what would be helpful is, hey, can I drive your kid to practice, mm-hmm. you know, this week or something very specific? Um, it just takes anything to take away the, you know, the decision making, the having to think of a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I did find helpful was um getting text messages that said no need to respond, mm. but I'm thinking of you. Or do you know what I mean? Where it yeah. took away the obligation of responding. I mean, I'm just one of those like one of those people that you feel obligated to write thank you notes to respond when somebody sends you a text, but um having a text say don't respond don't even or no thank you necessary um Mm. those were those were little gifts along the way and took took some of that took some of that responsibility away which was nice and Um, then also just to know that that they were thinking about you because mm -hmm. i'm i'm sure there were so many people that wanted you to know that you were in their prayers and they were thinking of you and there was you know they were rallying around you but that amount of yeah responsibility to respond 
at the moment was just, mm-hmm. it would be overwhelming. It would yeah. just shut, shut you down basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even, you know, when thinking back to my responses, cause they did try to respond to people who texted mm-hmm. within a few days after his passing. I mean, I, I honestly have no recollection because of that brain fog. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I was saying or, you know, sometimes, but yeah, it is so meaningful to get those messages and just know that that support is there um, and that you're being thought of and you truly do feel like you're being lifted by the community and supported. And, you know, I honestly I don't know that I would ever be able to leave the Plymouth Wyzetta area because of the rich relationships we now have with uh, so many people in this community. You know, I think when you go through really tough times together, those relationships just get deeper mm-hmm. um, and more meaningful. And I do, so after Jay passed away, um, it was only three months. And one of his best friends, um, our next door neighbor, he also happened to work at the digital agency as the VP of business development. He was diagnosed with a glioblastoma brain tumor. Oh, wow. And so during COVID, you know, we really, we didn't see them at all. My daughter's best friends with his daughters. And it's just, we've always They've been the family that we always would do like St. Patrick's Mm -hmm. Day, 4th of July, New Year's Eve, all those holidays with. Um, And it was 20, I think it was 20 months after Jay's passing. um, You know, Mark, his name was Mark. He Mm -hmm. had been into the doctor the previous month and had been through surgery, radiation, chemotherapy. And the last doctor appointment he had, they gave him a no evidence of disease, um, report and it was just, you know, come back in three months and now throughout his whole, um, throughout his whole process diagnosis, he had had seizures on and off. And one day, um, he had a seizure and Annie and one of his daughters were, they had COVID. So they were quarantining in the basement. Um, but he passed away unexpectedly as well. Wow. And so here, you know, I'm here with my three kids and our next door neighbor, you know, and dear friends, Mm -hmm. she now is a widow with three, three of her own kids. And it just, you know, it just really made, made an impact on me that Mm -hmm. being in community and it also, just the desire to help somebody else get through this. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter, after we, her and I went over to their house immediately, we were there when, you know, the police were there. And I mean, it just it was like kind of an instant replay of the day that mm-hmm. Jay had died. Um, but she, my daughter was like, you know, mom, we know how to help. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly it. I think there's definitely conversations, things that other widows who have been through this can have with a new widow, where if you haven't been through it, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just really hard, um, 
hard for a widow to to have some of those conversations, but that empathy and that bond between widows that I see that happens is pretty incredible. You know, the empathy is so strong. Um, I'm sure you guys didn't even need to speak. You could just look at each other and yeah, the communication yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Exactly. And, you know, one thing about, you know, once you've been through something like this and you've been on the receiving end, um, there was actually one day when it was shortly after Mark had passed away and my daughter, I was working at school and my daughter had gotten sick and I ended up, I was not sure how to get Bryn home. And I ended up calling Annie and I just said, you know what, I am so sorry to even ask this of you because, you know, I'm sure she was, you know, in kind of the immediate grieving after. Mm -hmm. I said, but is there any chance you could go get Bryn? And she said, Amy, do you know how good it feels to finally do something for somebody else? (laughs) And I think that's how all of us feel. I just, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on the receiving end for, you know, a long period of time, like it's truly in us to want to help other people get through this and, or help in some, some form, some way mm-hmm. that, that, and, you know, yeah, it just, so I, we have, we have slowly been reaching out and unfortunately it's kind of weird because I have been surrounded by many young widows, like mm-hmm. 45, 42. Um, and I have a whole group. There's actually eight of us that um, I, I knew all of them, you know, before mm-hmm. our husband's passings. And it's just so strange. But the eight of us, all we get together, we can talk, we can talk about, you know, everything and anything under the sun, you know, with your children, how, how's parenting going with that? How are they seeing counselors? Which one do you like? Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the whole added layer of, you know, being a widow with kids at home. Um, it's, it's just a little different. You know, sometimes when you think of the word widow, you think of older, Mm -hmm. you think of, um, maybe kind of weak, a little vulnerable. Um, and these are some of the strongest women I know. I, you know, they have had to be strong, not because they wanted to, but because they've had to. And here now they're managing their households. They're doing everything. They're making money. They're, you know, helping their kids with school. They're, I mean, it's, it's amazing and incredible how strong they are. And I know that you, um, are trying to help more people who have experienced this other widows. Is there something else that you are working on or doing to help people in a more um, uh, like national way? Yes, actually. So, you know, a few of us were, we are brainstorming. We want to somehow just ease that burden. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of paperwork that widows have to go through, like you said, you know, life insurance, um, calling social security, you know, changing your, your will, maybe doing, um, updating your bank account beneficiaries and all of your accounts, you know, just, Mm -hmm. there's so much of those types of tasks that need to be done. And I was honestly blessed with 
you know, because of Jay's business ownership, I mean, we already had an attorney, we already had, Mm. you know, a CPA, an accountant, we had, but he had to get like an estate accountant involved and then the business CFO and my brother-in-law, Dave, who stepped in to truly help make sure the company continued to run and was successful. So kind of like this, the new CEO. And Mm -hmm. ironically, as a side note, we did end up hiring a new president to run the company whose name was Jay. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a very common name. Yeah. um, And, but I was surrounded by this team and they called themselves Team Amy. It was kind of funny because we would get online and, you know, everything was remotely Um, and there would be eight or nine of us and I'd be like, hi, you know, thanks for being here. And they would all talk. They would make their lists of what needs to get done, what accounts need to get transferred, you know, and then at the end of it, I'd be like, okay, thanks. Goodbye. I mean, I had like (laughs) nothing to share, but they were the experts, you know, thank God. Like I couldn't hardly think straight. Yeah. So they truly surrounded me and and helped me walk through this. And, you know, if there's any way, and I, I truly do hope that we can somehow share that experience with other widows who are out there um, because you need somebody to help you walk through it. You can hardly think clearly. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, some of these decisions and knowing what bank accounts to, you know, I mean, it's just, there's so many tasks that need to be done. And if there's any way that we can help do that, I think we are going to, we're going to, we're going to find it. So I'm actually really excited because I truly feel like I, I have this vision of, you know, I was talking about when you, when you hear the word widow mm-hmm. and, and you think of the words like kind of weak and maybe poor and old. And I have this vision of like the eight of us, the all of us widows, like dressed in our black dress power suits, you know, whatever it may be, like showing our strength and mm-hmm. like how you really can get through this. Um, and and I really, I just really want to encourage encourage widows make it make it a little bit of an easier process mm-hmm. and encourage them that, you know what, you've got this. It's, it's just, it, we do become stronger people, Mm -hmm. you know, not because we want to, but, um, it just, I, I have this vision and, you know, what are we going to do when, when bad things do happen? We really just need to rise up and face it and, you know, own it and be like, this is our, this is our new life. No, we didn't want it. We would change change it if we could, but you know, we're going to make the best of it. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that for you to take what has happened and decide, you know, I as as horrible as this is, as horrible, mm-hmm. I'm gonna help other people feel a not alone, because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so many people who this happens to and you know there's no one else around them that has ever experienced it so they feel incredibly isolated mm-hmm. and number two feel incredibly overwhelmed by like you said this the amount of pay i mean just this dumb paperwork yes <laughs> that dumb <laughs> yes. stuff that honestly 
is the last thing you want to have to do at the end of the day when you have like willed yourself to, you know, put on clothes, make dinners or, you know, get the kids to school. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is like, I mean, none of us want to deal with that in general, let alone, (laughs) let alone when our, our minds are just in such grief. Um, so the fact that you and your friends are trying to make it easier and I don't want to say less painful, but in those respects, if you can lessen yes. the pain in any sort of way and yeah. help people feel like, okay, I'm I'm not going to lose my house. I'm not going to, you know, all those things that I'm sure run through your mind, I, all the thoughts, mm-hmm. it's pretty powerful, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that there are people listening who are like, please tell me how to do this. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, don't ask me how you can help. Just help me. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what you're doing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which I think is so powerful. Yes, it is. It, you know, I think all of us have that desire after being through our own tragedies, mm-hmm. we really do have that desire to make the world a better place. Right. And, yes. and we've lived it. We know what's out there, what resources are out there. I mean, there are so many resources. It's impressive, but you know what? I wasn't looking for them. Right. I wasn't Googling anything after Jay passed. It just, I didn't know what to do. I mean, well, you, you don't, you, well, you don't know what you don't know. So how would you have ever known that, yeah, that, yeah, that was exactly. out there? Exactly. I mean, I think it was probably almost two, almost two years, maybe a year and a half that I stumbled upon some other organizations and I thought, wow, they actually, they do give like um, gift cards to grocery stores. You know, you think of mm. um, certain situations like actually with me and Jay. So he never wanted to have a joint checking account. I don't know why. I mean, oh. it just was, he, he was super stubborn about it. So for <laughs> the 16 years that we were married, I carried his checkbook. I paid all the bills. I signed his name. I even think the bank had my signature for his name on file. Like it just, it was so illegal. But so the day he died, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I don't know what to do because in my, my checking account, I think I had $300 and that was it. And his checking account ended up having to go to probate and I couldn't touch it. So all this cash was just tied up and how am I going to pay these bills? And, you know, luckily my brother-in-law gave me some money and he said, here, you can use this to swing until you can get access to the cash. Mm -hmm. But like, not everyone has a brother-in-law that can do that. Not, you know, what happens and even life insurance money doesn't come for at least six to eight months. I mean, it's not, there's, what do you do with your immediate needs and how do you meet them? Mm -hmm. And there are organizations, amazing organizations out there that do help with these things that, you know, we just want to connect them to. And, you know, if you need, if you need help with this, wouldn't it be nice to have like a one, like a one phone call? Yes. Like you call that, that number and guess what? We've got you, we've got your team. What needs, what needs do you have? And you can kind of work through it and we can help do all the research for you. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's exciting because if we can make this any easier, I mean, it's so, it's so 
hard. It is so, um, you know, your world is just turned upside down. So you can't think, you can't focus. Everything is just, you've got the brain fog. So, mm-hmm. you know, any way that we can help out, it's, we, we really want to. And I think that's so important because I'm sure there are people who just need that team and they need that team without any judgment, mm-hmm. you know? Because yes. I'm sure there's people who are like, don't you have six months saved in your savings account? Yeah. Didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? You know, um, and it's like, right. well, I didn't expect, you know, that day to happen. So, no, I know I, I I'm sure people need that. So, yes, well, that is very true. I have one last question for you. It's, it's um, you know, a two parter. So. I want to know, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who are feeling similarly. I want to know what the difference between Amy on um, May 5th or May 6th was and now the Amy of, you know, today is. What's the difference between those two Amys? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, how much time do you have? (laughs) I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you know, life, you get caught Mm -hmm. up in just getting stuff done. Did my kid make the AAA baseball team? Did he, you know what I mean? Did they mm-hmm. make the A basketball team? What lessons or off-season training do we need? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So many things that keep us busy. Um, and and we just we just naturally go through life and you're just trying to keep up. You're paying the bills. You're, you know, I, I think that's where I was. I never, mm-hmm. ever expected um, him to pass away at the age of 53. I mean, mm-hmm. it just never crossed our mind. Um, and, you know, being not that you want to live in fear, but just mentally being prepared, you know, maybe keeping that cash of <laughs> six months of cash in the checking or a savings account. It just, um, I would say post May 7th, um, I, I would say priorities are very different. Um, you know, the, oh goodness. I think the way that you perceive life in general, it mm-hmm. just, um, even for your kids, you, you, I really just want my kids to be happy. I mm-hmm. just want them to enjoy, um, the here and now enjoy today. Um, that's all we're really guaranteed is today. And so making the most of each day, I really think is what it boils down to. Um, we tend to always believe that we're going to have time for that down Mm -hmm. the road, or we'll have time for something someday. Um, but it's really about today. I think, um, you know, these tragedies, they, they are tragedy. They're unexpected. They mm-hmm. don't, you don't never plan on something like that happening. Um, the, the friendships, the, like you said, the raw, when you are so raw like that, the friendships that you make are so deep and, and you're so vulnerable. And then in turn, people share some of their vulnerability with you too. And so it just makes things 
so much richer. Um, and as I said before, like that drive to mm-hmm. help and to help others definitely has become um, just a part of me, a part of who I am. You know, back when Jay's cousin had passed away, um, he had actually um, passed away about two years before Jay. I had, my heart was broken for his, mm-hmm. for the, his wife, Damaris. And I started mailing her, she has three boys, mailing her boys birthday cards. And just because it just broke my heart, you know, mm-hmm. but then, you know, who knew that two years later I would be in the same, the same boat as her. It just, I think caring for each other, that relationships are so important and and being a part of the community, I, I would definitely say the, our church, our schools, our um, work, our, like, um, you know, all of those different communities really supported us through this time. And so if there's anything I can encourage anyone listening is, just to engage in the community, make those connections because we all are going to go through a time, a difficult time, mm-hmm. and we can be there for others and they might need to be there for us someday too. And so just remaining involved and engaged because we truly do all need each other. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not alone. And our, our mm-hmm. tragedies might look different than other people's tragedies or traumas or, you know, just hard, hard things. But, you know, my uh, my hope is always that people walk away knowing that they're not alone, knowing that there's somebody else who has gone through it and and not necessarily maybe come out the other side, because I think in certain situations there really isn't another side. It's just like an ongoing um you know, um, but that there is hope. There's always hope. Um, even in the midst of the darkest, darkest nights, you know, there, Mm -hmm. there is hope. You may not, you may, you might need someone to see that hope for you because you can't Mm -hmm. see it yourself. And that's where you and your friends are going to come in and step in and be that hope for people who can't see it yet. You know, they're in, they're in the weeds. They're in the dark. Yes. And I, I do have to say, like, I can, I almost see all of us widows on like a timeline. Like, my two widow friends are two years farther down the road Mm. than me. I'm a year or two years down the road from other widows. And I'm looking to the ones that have been through it and I'm inspired by them. Mm -hmm. And then those coming behind me, I'm pulling along because hopefully I can give them some inspiration too. And so we all are kind of pushing and pulling each other along this journey and, and truly helping each other out. So I don't, yeah, that support, I don't ever see it ending. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we are all, we're all there. We're in it together. And even though our stories are different and each situation is totally unique, um, we are all there for each other. And that's so powerful. So powerful and necessary mm-hmm. for, I feel like everyone, everyone, everyone needs that in their lives. Yeah. Well, Amy, I 
have just loved chatting with you and um, hearing your story. And um, I just appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. And I feel like if anyone is listening and, you know, is going through this to reach out, I know that you have said multiple times that you are, that is like your passion is to help. And so um, if anyone is listening and, and just needs to be encouraged, Amy, Amy is here. That is mm-hmm. for sure. So thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate you. I appreciate your story. And um, I'm so thankful for everything that you're doing for others and your passion to to help. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Maria. And like I said before, if there's any way I can turn my story into something good, you know, I will do, I will do it. I'm just any way that I can help others. Um, yes, I'm, I am here for that. So thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guests, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, we would absolutely love it if you could take a moment and share it with your friends and give us a review. We love hearing from you.